Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This is episode 55. Should I stop maybe sort of telling people what episode number is? Because no one fucking cares. It's more the case of, look how many episodes I've done, which is just fucking bullshit. I think on the next one I'll just be like, welcome to the show. Let's let's, let's do that. Like, so we'll do a new intro on the next one. But this is episode 55. um, And this one was... Was a was a lot of fun. This was uh, an interview with someone uh, I is uh, good friend of mine. Been waiting for a long time to do, and I'll go into that in a second. Before we get into that, massive thank you to all the feedback from the the last show, which was with Giz. But um, really, really great feedback from that. And I mean, I don't just mean like some people said it was good, some people said it was good. All the feedback was really positive. I was I was concerned that maybe people would go, okay, it's the spoken metal show, but he's talking about punk and stuff like that but i think you can all appreciate that what what i'm trying to do is is, is create just a photo where we talk about music and that's all elements like the punk and hard rock and rock and metal and black and, and death metal and and uh, your black metal and, and all that type of thing as well hopefully you'll try to see them trying to give a nice sort of open view of of, of all types of music um and the feedback was really, really, really great. People enjoyed it, despite there being like noises of things clunking around and stuff. It felt genuine. It felt pretty honest. It felt uh, truthful. So that was really, really good. Giz himself was was really happy with that and, and sent some very nice messages. And once again, I would check out his work that he, he's doing at the moment with Janice Stark. But yeah, so now I can start to get a bit of a... Uh, what's the word, bit of momentum, I should say, and start to do more of these and do more of these. I'm looking now at doing another playlist show, and I want to do a playlist show probably uh, grind and death and black metal type of thing. I want to kind of look at that and give some kind of a sampler for that as well. So as always, please suggest any bands that I should be checking out, preferably unsigned ones, so I can give them something of a platform to listen to, and that's going to be, that's going to be great as always as well leave comments and suggestions and stuff I, I listen to them and take them on board and just make the show kind of um, better and more uh, interesting as as it, as it evolves and that's very important to me that the feedback is uh the people that kind of listen to as well and we do we now have reg- i have regular listeners which is it's insane it's really really grateful so very grateful that people take the time to listen to this i think about an hour to a bit is a good one for the sort of most of the interviews and that's kind of how I'm pretty much going to play it until it feels like it's not the way to go to get to go with it. But as always, please suggest this this podcast to other people and suggest to people you think would enjoy it. That's really the only way it grows. The algorithms for things on social media are very very difficult. They're, they're crazy. You have to kind of post all the time, and and all of it so it's focused on negative posting in order to get any kind of uh, traction or interest. You have to be negative. You have to say like inflammatory things and things that are just uh, just the whole purpose of them is to just kind of elicit some bad reaction and and that's just not what i'm about and it means that it's a harder road you know the road to distant stuff like kevin smith says is just fucking full of, of of people trying that destruction type of thing but the road to creating something can say something positive it's, it's wide open and um, trouble is it's a longer road it, it means that in order for me to get to, to the many more listeners and people who i think would enjoy it i have to travel through that and it means it, it it takes a while for it to get to get a lot of people to get interested. So people are now who are just only finding it. Some people in my local area, who are very close to me, have only just realised I even do a podcast, which is extraordinary. Like, but then, you know, that's why I'm suggesting you 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 like subscribe and suggest it to other people as well. 
if you listen to it on iTunes, put the comments about what you think about it as well, you know, and, and that way it kind of will maybe show up on some other people's radars, people who may enjoy it. And that brings us to this to this episode. This episode um, is more, more about, a, about, a, about a few things more than anything, but it is with uh, David Evans. David Evans is a guitar player, a good friend of mine. He's been a tech, he's done all that kind of stuff on the road, he's been in cover bands, he's been in all over the other place doing this stuff. He's widely knowledgeable about guitar and music, and his sort of forum is is rock and roll. He looks like he he looks at his sort of after bands and that sort of genre as well as plays in bands of that type of genre. It's been a long time coming. I promised David that I'd sit down with him a while back, and he's just one of those guys that it's just hugely enjoyable to talk to. Impossibly cool. He he might be saying always has good threads, as the kids say, and. It, but also very knowledgeable about the guitar and about effects and stuff, and inc- incredibly engaging. So I really enjoyed this. This this, this will be one of many conversations I have with, with David because he's just really, really engaging, as I say, and really interesting to talk to. So, so I hope you enjoy it too. This is uh, a sit-down with uh, David Evans. This is a good one. So finally, finally, <laughs> I've, as a promise I made uh, at, at uh, his last birthday, what was he, 21? Where's he, 21? Well, say he was 21. I think. <laughs> I'm finally able to get the uh, His Majesty Dave Evans on, <laughs> on the show. Um, I, I normally do, I'll do an intro before this and list the, the fantastic things that, that Evo does. For me, he's, uh, we, we've known each other a, Christ, a long, long time. And uh, Evo, or uh, Mr. Evans, as, as everybody knows him, is one of those guys that I use as a barometer of what's cool. Um, <laughs> I don't want to embarrass him, but that's the truth, is that I, 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 if there's some cool stuff coming up, he's normally kind of a pretty good indicator of what should be listened to. Every time we have a conversation, he'll tell me a band I haven't heard. We, we just talked about some podcasts I need to check out. Really uh, good taste. Um, and he's, been, he's done, done everything. He's a really great guitar player, really great musician. And also been out on the road, and, and we'll, we'll get into that as well. So finally, we get you on the show. Uh, welcome, David Evans. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for... Uh, I always thought you were bluffing when you said, uh, <laughs> I will definitely get you on, just buy me another beer first. <laughs> <laughs> I am, and that still counts, but no. It's, so, I mean, I, it's always hard to, to start these things. I, I'm forever kind of... It's wondering how to begin these things and an intro does something and, and, and all the rest of it. But realistically, I always tend to start with the begin uh, as you as you might do with the beginning. I mean, I met you kind of college sort of days, uh, fake fair days, and we'll get yeah, into yeah. all that type of thing. But before that, I'm talking about when the first things you heard musically, what what were they then? So what was your, your introduction to music, let alone picking up an instrument? Thankfully, um, my mum and dad really into music. Yeah. Raised on Fleetwood Mac, The Beatles, yeah, yeah. Stones, um, and just moved into learning those those songs. Sort of, you know, my dad always played guitar. I was always an acoustic guitar sure. lying around. Picked it up when I was about thirteen. Learned a couple of songs. Got into Guns and Roses. My dad taught me to see Guns and Roses. <laughs> sure. Nineteen ninety three. Your first live uh, yeah. It was yeah yeah. Eighty three um, as well. That's a, that's probably some would argue the height of their powers. Like it was, it was. Uh, is he was in the band? After, yeah. uh, is that usual illusion? I'm thinking it was. That... It was the very tail end of it. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, uh, it was a stripped back um, few shows that they were they were promoting as sort of we haven't got the, the horn section all that sort of nonsense. Oh right, yeah, because they did. They had like this whole. Well, sadly, when you read Slash's book, it's yeah. because they were a skins and they were literally were yeah, yeah, yeah. having to make money, so they come over to the UK to do Milton Keynes and. As a kid, you think they're doing this for the fans, you know, but they're literally doing it for money. But yeah. you know, looking back, it was 
a fantastic gig. So Slash um, was one of your first sort of Slash guys. Is just still still is yeah, absolute yeah, yeah. legend. Uh, when you listen to those records now, um, I don't think Absolute Destruction's aged as well as I thought it would. Um, yeah. Most of the best solos on it. You can tell that's, that's what, as well, that is one is... of the, the the greatest debut albums of all time. Absolutely, isn't it? it's up um, there with kind of like you know, definitely maybe and yeah. and, and the and the Sex Pistols, yeah. you know, bollocks and stuff. Um, it's right up there. It was that kind of the first sort of guitar thing you heard? Then was like Guns and Roses then and that type of thing, or was it more of the Beatles? Or well, maybe uh, Fleetwood Mac, I suppose Lindsay Buckingham was a Buckingham hell of a player, like yeah. you know. So no, but the first thing I really took interest in, I suppose, was yeah, yeah. Uh, was Guns and Roses. Because it felt like um, it was speaking to you, and it felt like it was of yours. You know, there yeah. was, uh, you know, it made you want to dance. It, it there was there was bad language when you were kids. Attitude it to it, like, you know, yeah. it made you it made you want to sort of uh, just party and just realise that the you know what rock and roll was about, and yeah, that's yeah. The, the sort of philosophy I've always had. Now it doesn't matter whether it's got loud guitars, whether it's got. Uh, if it, if it makes you sort of want to move, that's rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter whether that's. Kanye West or Deicide, you people, know, it's like People literally... forget sometimes kind of, you know, the first time, remember I was watching a documentary a couple of days ago, and when they, but the first time they played Rock Around the Clock, yeah? <sighs> first time they played, which is, when you think about that, that's like that's synonymous. so still now. Yeah, it's still great. When they first played that, there was a riot. Yeah, yeah. There was a riot. So you think, well, hold on, it take, remove what the song is, uh, this band play a gig and there's a riot, you immediately think of like metal and punk and all yeah. that type of thing. This is a. They were all wearing suits. This was like yeah. a, and there was a riot because rock yeah. and roll was like, was seen as the as as this kind of like proper out of the establishment. But the thing that a lot of the kids were doing were dancing to it yeah. because that they're just simply dancing to music. Elvis simply dancing was yeah. taboo. You couldn't show him b- yeah. below the crotch. That's any kind it. of dancing was taboo. It was there to be danced to and enjoyed in in that respect. Yeah. Like you know, it was just. Pure sexual. It was sex. Yeah, it was exactly what it was. And that's yeah. what sort of you know rock and roll still is. Yeah, but. I mean, Christ, we'll get into that later. But that's something that's maybe almost lacking. We're, we're losing rock stars. We're not gaining them. You know, we're losing them now. You, you it's it the, the the sort of the ability to be a rock star is kind of being chipped away at, isn't it? It's being clipped. At. Yeah, you know, it's, it's harder and harder to be that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, Disreputable against the grain <laughs> figure because now you almost can't be, you know. So then, were these with the with the guitars you were playing that your dad hang around with these acoustics, electrics? What's the uh, I had an acoustic and he had a Les Paul copy. Oh, uh, yeah. Then he bought me a Kramer, uh, okay. Richie Sambora. Yeah, sure, uh, okay. With the stars. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, what beast of a guitar. Yeah. Uh, then I got an Ibanez Universe. Okay. You know, so I was I was well catered for it. Back guitars to start. The first amp he bought me was a uh, Wem Dominator. <laughs> oh uh, yes, you know, I an, know. an old, an yeah. old. Um, Silver face Wem Dominator, mm. so had that, and uh, he bought that off his work, off a uh, mate of his at work. Um, came with a couple of old uh, electro harmonics pedals. So, yes. actually, I was 14 years old with a yeah, you know, a big good of Badstone yeah. and a, a Wem Dominator, you know. <laughs> rocking it, yeah. So, did, when did you start like when you were playing? When did you have a couple of those light bulb moments? Did you start to get them? Did you try and play like you know, Sweet Child of Mine yeah. and stuff? And yeah. Did you get start getting those moments so you found a pick? Pick it up, like yeah. I mean, the problem was always that when you learn these songs and they were always down tuned and they were, you know, so yeah, because so, it's like a half step, isn't it, yeah, on, on attitude? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's so it's uh, it was just learning those songs note for note, getting yeah. the tab books, which were like 20 quid a time because you know, it was once again, how, as, 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 as what was his name, Hal, Hal Leonard, 
Was that right? Okay. Cal Leonard and who's what? And, and, and uh, Mel Bay and Wolf, yeah. Mar- Wolf Marshall. I remember Wolf Marshall. Wo- if Wolf Marshall's <laughs> listening, and I'm going to try and hunt him down because he's another person I've got to add yeah, to the list. Yeah. If for anybody who doesn't know, right? When back way back when before the time of the internet, go and ask your your mum and dad. Um, the, the the only way you could actually sort of learn anything, and this goes back to Eric Clapton picking up you know old Robert Johnson records, was listening, slowing down the record, or waiting for a transcription to come around to the guitar magazine or buying a book they used to they still do have tab books and some of them were wildly inaccurate some of them were pretty good and wolf marshall was the first guy i seen a, a learning video like so oh yeah like a teach video and he and, and to paint the picture of me he, he was atypical 80s guitarist and i mean that with all <laughs> with all due respect I, I loved the guy so he had the ripped jeans and the and the, and the overly washed black t-shirt and he had the fantastic mane of hair. Jennifer Batten. Yeah, yeah. huge, <laughs> massive, like like a, a fair height above his actual head and then comes down and it was like, it was massive. And he would, the first thing I saw him play was uh, Takata and Fusion D minor. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is this? Because it was a classical music on electric guitar and he was just yeah. shredding the fuck out of it. And he was the first kind of guy, and there was only a handful of them who would transcribe these these, these particular... Sings and he shows how to play like Steve Vai and Satriani and stuff and and he but Wolf Marsh Wolf Marshall, yeah. I I I've got to seek him out. I've got yeah, to seek yeah. him out. Wait, is he, he still working out there? Is he? What the fuck is he? Did he? Did, uh, do you know what would be worst thing is if you if you he's fa- not if still Panther is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a tech for him. It's 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 like if you if you found him yeah and he'd completely sold out and he, <laughs> can yeah. you imagine? Oh, he's, I uh, hope you're out. Thanks for Taylor Swift. Who I love by the way. So just yeah, well, yeah. I did one of the the things. I know a couple of like session guitarists for yeah. quite big acts like, and. Um, they're all fucking great players. Don't yeah. be fooled. Like, is it you know the reason that these pop acts yeah. they've got a lot of money, so they'll get they go get me the yeah. best guitar player. Yeah. Get Ben Morano. Get get these people in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get those people in. Often that that's the kind of the 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 wrong assumption is that they've just got that it's not hard to play. It's easy to play in these well, bands. The it's te- fucking not the temperance movements. They were um, a couple of them were involved with One Direction. Mm. Um, you know, and temperance movements one of the coolest. You know, sort of rock bands out there at the moment. Yeah, yeah they, you know they've got a, you know the links to the pop and you you do what you do to make money. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's what I wonder what Wolf Marsh was doing. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna add him to the list. So, so then when was it? When did you start playing with other musicians? Then so you start um, to play now. You've got you've got all your gear. You're pretty much good to go. Some some school friends. Um, we had a bit of a band. You know? What was the band called? I'm, I'm obsessed with first band names. Uh, do you know what? I don't actually think we had one. <laughs> Didn't even get that uh, far. No, 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 but it was just, uh, you know, in a rehearsal room in South Royal High. Yes. You know, in, uh, As all great bands start. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just, just making a racket and literally that was probably the, the start of the damage to me ears. <laughs> Crammed in a little <laughs> room with a Yeah, little, because the know. other thing was, we, uh, you know, certainly for me when I was growing up and going to gigs and stuff, the, the, the thought process of ears protection was was not there it wasn't even there worse still it was almost the polar opposite to the point where you were you championed the fact that you had tinnitus after the show yeah it was seen as like a badge yeah. of honor yeah. me ears are still ringing from the show last night but it took a long time for that to switch to being actually you need to fucking get in ears and protect yeah. yourself here I, mean, I, I embarrassingly it's it's you know I, it was years before i realized it. it was only in the past sort of two or three years that I realised I was seriously damaging my ears, and now yeah. I carry round all times on my keys as me, uh, yeah, me moulded plugs, yeah, and you know, literally, 
and I didn't realise how much damage I'd done. And now I even wear them if I'm in the pub talking to people because it filters out background noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's you know it's 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 what happens, and you know, thankfully I can still play loud, and you know, and uh, I just wear them now. Yeah, yeah. It makes it a lot easier. So, so did you ever with that first band? Did you ever play live then, or did you ever kind of take that? I think we might have done a school sort of. Sure. Uh, Recital, of some sort. <laughs> there are a lot of bands first, sort of <clears throat> parties like that's it. But, um, and then around the same sort of times where I really got into extreme as well. You okay, know, so your, your playing's gonna go up the up, up exponentially, yeah, I mean, isn't it? With Nuno, like, I think it just, uh, I think, um, oh, interestingly enough, Nuno's, Nuno's sessions doesn't he? Sessions for uh, Rihanna, he was Rihanna. A band you yeah, know, yeah. so you know, and he's a fucking shred master general. Yeah, he, he's out yeah. with the you know with with Vi and stuff and and Wild doing those kind of G three tours and yeah, the, yeah. you know he's just an absolute machine and always has been. Um, you know, he's someone that I still always keep an eye on his playing. Yeah, um, and you know, you, you know, you, you strive to, uh, you know, to even be ten percent of those kind of players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take a little bit of them, you can be, get even close to yeah, them. You're I've on the always, same. I yeah. quickly realised that. You can play as fast as you want, but if you, if you play with feeling, you know one note's more important than one. Yeah, well, that's the thing about Nuno is that, like, yes, he can he yeah. can shred, but he's got a, the, the magic ears. He's got really good uh, phrasing and stuff, and and he and he understands like the you know he can write a good song as well as play really yeah. well. You know, and yeah. if you see him playing with Rihanna, it's you have to almost double take him because it's not all over the place. He's yeah, playing what's required for what's yeah, going yeah. on, so he can't yeah. do those those two things. And that's the for me. That's the sign of a really great player. Um, yes, I like the guys that can do the high wire stuff. I, I, I've always liked that, but nothing impresses me more when that can also fit in a, in a band situation. You know, that someone can play really, really good, but also can make the song work for it. Like that's the secret, you know. So, were you writing your own material? Or you still was it still a whole bunch of covers? Um, it was just covers then, I think. That, and then it was sort of, uh, you know, sort of left school, turned, you know, probably 18 or so yeah. was when I started Fake Fur, which was yeah. with some good mates. Um, and we had, you know, that was when I first started getting into doing my own songs. Yeah, yeah. By then I'd probably moved more into sort of, uh, it was the tail end of Britpop, so it was possibly Manson, Placebo. Placebo. So it was yeah, that kind yeah. of, uh, you know... It was it was punk rock, but it was sort of uh, there was there was intricacies to it. Yeah, there was, yeah, yeah. There was melodies to it. Not sure. that there isn't in in you know in uh, in a lot of punk rock, but yeah. And I think that was sort of the more the direction I was sort of heading in writing wise, and I think I wrote some good songs. Yeah. Um, I remember. I think about this time is when I kind of started to see you play live and stuff. I remember. We talk about guitars and stuff all the time, yeah. and I remember you playing a lot of your own stuff to me, like yeah. full songs you'd play for, and I was incredibly just impressed that someone could do that, could just play their own, their own composition front to back, beautifully and, and present it. So when I could, they could do back that. At three, three thirty. Yeah. Um, back then, it was a copy actually. That one, I, right. I eventually ended up with the proper one. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was a great guitar. That was the, the you know because because that. It was your own little nod to the to to the, to the Beatles as the jam, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, the sort yeah. Of, and that's the sort. Of, and then eventually, I'll you know, I'll, you know, and, and to uh, to Johnny Marr and stuff that yeah. you know that eventually really got massively obsessed with the Smiths, which is still out. It's a real uh, that Rick is a real <clears throat> songwriter's guitar, isn't it? It They're feels not, like that you, sound is really full, and you can really kind of play you can't with it. Solo on them, but you can. No, no, it's very chordal like. But I mean, you know, Marr Marr often was was the guy was like he, he kind of. 
restricted himself to become creative. So it was like, you know, Absolutely couldn't right. you know, it wasn't gonna be riffs. We couldn't do yeah. that. We couldn't do repeated riffs. And then he had so he created these soundscapes yeah, yeah. and and the, and the back was perfect yeah. for that when you think about it. Even what Weller was doing as well, oh. you know, with with yeah. with huge sorts of songs but you know it was creating these really sort of interesting trappistries. It's always been great for that. Like they yeah, like yeah. the Gretsch, like they did the Falcons and stuff. Yeah. Very similar sorts of thing. And you know, isn't that nice that you could do that? You start with a fake one or a copy. Yeah, yeah. And then you eventually can get the actual one. And and how appreciative you are of that now yeah, when yeah, you you know yeah. what yeah. I mean? That someone that maybe who's buying it now doesn't realise what how long no, it took you to get to you know, now you can literally walk into a shop and for 200 quid, you, I, I could buy a guitar that I could the, gig the on without quali- a problem. Yeah, the it's quality of, of guitars at, at, at the price um, point now is is ridiculously good. You can yeah. buy like an RG with a working oh. horse guitar cover or nearly all your basses for like 200 notes and it's ridiculous and, yeah. it's, and it's really well made. It's really well set up. That wouldn't... That just wasn't the, the case was, when uh, I was buying you know, guitars. I, I think at some point I remember having a, an Aria Pro. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A great guitar, but... Yeah. I think I saved up and, you know, went after my dad or something on it, you know, sort of, and it might have been 250 quid or something at the time, but yeah. it was uh, one hell of a, you know, it was a great metal guitar. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, there's, you know, now you what you can buy for that, you know, now is just insane. Well, it's at this point that we have to mention your very, very deep and very serious affliction that uh, David suffers, like like many of us guitar <laughs> players, from gas, uh, unfortunately, um, it's 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 incurable. Uh, gear <laughs> gear acquisition syndrome. Well, where it's settled down quite a bit lately. It's, I think uh, yeah, but you, there's still like a couple of guitars will turn your eye, won't they? Yeah. Um, I've I've seen I've we're the same. We'll, we'll, every so often we'll we'll we'll, we'll see a guitar. And I, I remember when the um, they brought out that um, Duffy uh, Gretsch the the Falcon, oh, yes. and I was just like, oh my god. Well, I had a white Falcon for a long time. Yeah. Um, that was just a beautiful guitar, but. I've got a, f- a friend on Facebook who always just calls it it's the album cover guitar. You know, it's the guitar yeah, that you, you look great wearing, but you'd never you try and get off the dusty end on it. You know, it's yeah, it, it, it's great for uh, for the first seven frets, but anything above that, you try and uh, play in a wedding band and try and do Mr. Brightside on that. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, that's it. Like, well, one of the things I think we get uh, it's a, a squeaky bums kind of I, place I've, to be. I've got my 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 the guitars that I always want, and I've got them now. Yeah, yeah. I think to a certain degree, I could always do one more, but I've got them. And um, what I've found is what I've settled on as a guitar that, that I gig with and play with regularly and practice with. Is something that I just I was just comfortable with. I, I it it wasn't it never be. I I I figured out which neck I liked. I figured out which yeah, body yeah. I like, and I kind of just found my way there. And none of the guitars that were my kind of star guitars have ended up being that. Isn't that interesting? Though, well, it's, it's quite funny because my my main stage guitar is a historic three three five. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Just that covers so many bases. So many bases. The thing is, it can sound like a Les Paul. Les Paul can't sound like three three five. So. It's just the ultimate. Some gifts, argue that, that it's 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 almost the, the the thing that sits in between a strat and a and a yeah. les ball. I don't I don't know if I'd go that far, but you know the semis certainly. I think it, it covers. It's yeah. one of the guitars that whenever you read about session musicians, that they've always got one. Yeah. There's a, there's always a, a three three five in, in everyone's stock. They'll have a les, they'll have a, a telly, a maybe or a strat, and they'll always have three five because yeah, it covers yeah. so many bases. But that was maybe initially maybe not the guitar that you. Because you were more like Slash, so you definitely well, were Les I had Paul. The, I had the Slash, I had two of the Slash custom shop models. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Uh, just amazing Les Pauls. Went through all the historic sort of Les Pauls. Had a couple of early 70s Les Pauls. Yeah. Had a 70s custom. Um, but they're too heavy. 
Les they Pauls are, are just universally heavy. just too heavy guitars. Yeah. You know, um, then when then it moved on to hollow body Gretches, and all of a sudden you were just you couldn't feel you were wearing a guitar, which is which was fantastic. Yeah, I I, I always <laughs> like coveted. For the, by the way, we've we've lost almost half of the audience. We have probably gained a lot of people who are going. Fuck! I don't want to talk about guitars. Well, we, <laughs> well, we do, and and yeah, and, yeah. and Dave's a guitar player and a tech as well. We'll get into that as well, but. You know, to so we're going, we're going to. I remember like seeing the uh, the country gentleman, the Chet Atkins. Oh, oh yeah, the six one twenty. God, Jesus Christ, that's lovely. And pl- and then eventually getting to actually play one, an original one. I was just yeah. like, oh my uh, life, this is a, just a lovely piece of uh, kit, like you yeah. know. Well, I bought. I had a six one twenty as well, which I bought off the wonderful Paul Capper. Oh yeah, who is just. Paul Capper is, is something of a legend. I don't think you wouldn't mind me saying something he's, of a legend uh, uh, in the in these parts. Scratch fever. And I've got to get him on the band. show. I've got to get Paul him on the show. Just, it'd be five hour episode. I, that's why. <laughs> how many stories? You know what I mean. But he's, he's just a, He's just this great, like great player as well. You know. I love him. He plays the cavern every Saturday for five hours without a break. You think about that. Think and about that. And you walk that. in there, and he'll see you, and he'll just shout you over as though he's going to say something. Give you the guitar so he can go for a piss. And you've got to finish the song with the band, and it's like, what? Think about that though. But, five hours, man. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love it. You know what I mean? That he could do this, and these people are duplicated all over the world as well. These are kind of oh like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. These guys are playing at clubs and pubs that led for breath in yeah. this country now, and you think, I just, just remembering all those songs. What a legend! I've got to get. I'm gonna have to have yeah. Paul on. Most we'll, definitely, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll sort that out. We have to get that. <laughs> so then, what? So where did where did Fake Fair take you? Where where did you go then? So did you start touring just within the region, or did yeah, you move we done it. I think beyond? We, I think we went sort of um, north of England, you know, sort of, um, you know, probably a hundred gigs around, sort of, yeah, within two or three hours of here, and you know, and and that was sort of that was you know that um, you know a, a couple of sort of recordings and so on done, um, yeah. and then it just sort of fizzled out, yeah. Um, but thoroughly enjoyable time, and I'm good friends with two of the band members yeah. still. Just one of those ones that you know, a band that kind of you needed to do to yeah. kind of learn your next thing and took it to its logical conclusion. Yeah. So what what happened after that? Then was there another band? Did you kind of there wasn't for a while actually. Yeah. Um, actually, well, the, you know, it was uh, probably about five or six years after that. After that sort of fizzled out in my early twenties, um, I met my my wife, who you know. Um, and she just remembered that we that we known each other since school. Yeah. Uh, she remembered I used to play guitar, encouraged you to buy a guitar. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll pick up a guitar again. I kind of got bored of playing. Um, and within a month of getting a guitar, I joined local lads. Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. And that was sort of an eleven-year-old, uh, sorry, eleven-year 11 journey with that band. Because re- this is coming up to the last show with them soon, isn't uh, it? We've got our yeah. It's uh, I left sort of. Uh, Early two thousand and nineteen, yeah. Um, but we've we've we finally decided to to do one final gig, which yeah. is at the pub it all started at. Bizarrely, yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, so that, that's that's going to be good fun. But so kind of by accident, um, I saw an advert on Join My Band or one of those yeah. sites, and really thought nothing of it. Went along just to jam, make make a racket with some strangers. Yeah, and you know made some fantastic friends. Yeah, and, you know, and and. Was out gigging three, three or four times a week for yeah. ten years. Yeah, because that's like you know, that's that's how you know certainly in the sixties and the seventies. That's how bands be, began, and that's how guitarists cut the the teeth. You know, like thinking like the likes of 
Jimmy Page and stuff would would go around several bands playing like yeah. you know five or six shows a week and yeah. and playing the top forty. He'd learn the top forty. Yeah, yeah. Front yeah. to back, and then we'd play that. And that was kind of like that. It, it just hones your craft. You yeah. learn to very quickly what amps work, what effects work, yeah. what guitars work, and you learn to get there really, really quickly. And then maybe that that's like. That's kind of like was was school for a lot of musicians, and we don't necessarily see that anymore, do we? Um, because because of like the bedroom scene, if you will, yeah. the, you don't really see a, 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 like you know. For example, the cl- the classic uh, analogy is that everybody sitting around at a campfire, and the guitarist gets given a guitar, but he's only been practicing the the last eight bars of "For the Love of God," and he, so he can't entertain anybody because yeah. he doesn't know any songs. Like, right. Least of all, if he's writing his own. Right. And couldn't do that, like, you know. Um, and then subsequently, the other guy picks up, plays Wonderwall or whatever the hell else. And all the chicks <laughs> swirl around him. But it's, the, it's, it's yeah. learning, learning your craft, you know, learning being able to play and being able to entertain, you know. Yes. Um, and and it, is that a lot, an art we've lost because of, like, I don't know, your television shows allowing that to become the, well, I think the pub there's, there's of still the really future, important you know? sort of musicians around playing guitar. You yeah. know, the, the main one is probably Ed Sheeran, who I'm not a big fan of him sort of musically but i appreciate yeah. you know what he's sort of developed as a, as, a, as a talent yeah. um i think a lot of his collaboration work goes off in different directions that um, you yeah. know but but the sort of the looper thing which katie tunstall as well just yeah absolute monsters I, think, of... I don't know i mean on time frame wise i think katie's probably li- I, I oh saw, yes i right, saw katie yeah. on jules holland that was yeah. the first time i saw her and i was blown away yeah. then and i remember that she was on later than that i don't know oh who, yeah there's who, probably a good five who, years difference and, and yeah. what, i thought katie was doing it when it felt like weirdly and all more organic way than what ed was yeah. doing with it like you know she was uh Seems to be a bit more guttural, like you know. Yeah, um, and that, you know that, and th- that was sort of learning um, to use uh, effects as an instrument. Yeah, it's a songwriting device. Yeah, I suppose you could say you know the the one of the main people to do that. I suppose is you know is uh, the Dave Evans, the Edge, um, you know, with his delays. And a lot of people mock mock him for in the, I suppose in the same way I've just done about Ed. Yeah, you know um, that he's playing, but fantastic players that. Don't hide behind it. They use it to yeah. develop their sound. And, you know, you hear three notes of a U2 song. You know well, that's the, you they, know they, call it, they, they call it the, the traffic light test. You pull up with a car next to you and you hear music. If you can tell what guitarist it is, that's the signing that he's got to go yeah. to. You, you know Brian May, you know what I mean? You'll know ACDC, you'll know these bands yeah, yeah. straight away. And that's that's definitely something that's missing in, in modern guitar players now. YouTube is flooded with guitar players who all sound the same. Yeah, yeah. All, all sound the same. The individuality is the reason probably Ed has done so well because he took a looper pedal and not a lot of people use yeah, it, yeah. used it to harmonise and, com- and compose with as well and, and comes out with something, you know, different, you know, whether, whether you'd like it or not, it's irrelevant. It's, it's definitely a different voice. I can tell an Ed Sheeran song, I can hear and go, without him singing, I've got a pretty good idea that's him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, that's lost. I mean, how the hell do we fix that? How do we, where, where do you start if you're a guitar player now? Do you go... And just try and be like those YouTuber guys and try and, you know, where, where do we get the individuality from? Where's that come from? Fuck, that's a big question. Yeah, but, well, <laughs> and, you know, you've got some, some great bands around like Slaves and Idols and bands like that. that yeah, are, that are fantastic, just, yeah. You know, that are, you know, and Jamie T and people like that, that, you know, all that's going back, you know, a couple more years. But, you know, who were sort of incorporating, you know, sort of jar and hip hop sort of yeah. and punk and sort of, uh, you know, and that's you know so there's there's still people who are trying to play differently but 
is there enough? Who knows? You know. Yeah. It's, uh... Well, it's it, it's the the often held thing is that like you get people to go. There's only so many notes. There's only so much you can do. I mean, I, I God knows how many times the guitar's been declared dead. Uh, yeah. God knows how many times. Every every decade decade it seems to happen, and then someone like you know Nirvana come along and change that. Like you know, are we are we able to do that again? Do you think? Do you think there's gonna be that that guitar based thing come well, again? I mean, I remember you know sort of uh, four or five months ago. Hearing uh, Dead Boys by Sam Fender the first time and just thinking, yeah, that is one yeah. of the fucking best songs I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his album is up there with that, yeah. you know, and that's just him with a jazz master just into a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of Fender amps. And yeah, he's basically a British Springsteen, you know, just yeah, doing okay. yeah, it's, it's, it's and or you know, and, and it's just so so good. So there's people like him who are taking. You know, I think he's is. I think I remember reading an interview. His dad was, uh, was a you know a, a, a you know a, a pub singer or whatever pub guitarist. Right. So he's developed. He's taken the talent from there, sort of thing. And yeah, yeah. But you know, there's people like him who are just absolute machines at what they're doing. And if that guy's not a superstar, you know. It's, it's, but they, they, these, they, like you say, they rightly so. The these acts are out there. Yeah, they are playing. You have to you have to look a little bit, and that's the. I think that's probably ultimately the one of the problems is that people are too lazy yeah. uh, to go and find them. <laughs> my my wee cat. This is the first one I've done in my house, I think. So my cat's trying to get in on the podcast. I am. Um... My cat, by the way, you'll love this. That's uh, the black and white one is Marshall. Oh, nice. And uh, the the other guy is Jackson. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I think there's almost a little bit of a laziness, isn't there? Yeah, kind but of... also one of my other, which, I've, which, which I should have mentioned earlier, to be honest, one of my favourite guitarists of probably the last decade, Anna Calvi, just yeah, absolutely beautiful woman, beautiful voice, beautiful playing. And I saw her in Birkenhead a few months ago, um, in Birkenhead Town Hall. Yeah. And it was hands down top three gigs I've ever seen yeah. and there's probably a hundred people in the room I love that that the, that, that can still enter into your favourite gigs of all time I love that she was dropping a telly on the stage she was kicking it round picking it up again playing she used one guitar for the whole set oh I love that the tech just kept <laughs> tuning it and she'd just do her own tunings in between songs wow. of different tunings and he just sat there for the whole time um, <laughs> the poor bastard just in case she snapped the string, because the only way she was putting that fucking guitar down, yeah, of all the strings string, came up because she was stamping on that thing with high yeah. heels on while the, while the rest of the band, I love it. three piece band, um, and then literally would pick it back up again and would just yeah. carry and just unbelievable, just wow, just emotionally draining. Well, that, how that, good that, it was. that brings us quite nicely onto when we're talking about the, that poor guitar tech having to somehow fix refix a fucking telly each night, like put it back together. Um, no, the know. telly was perfectly fine. Yeah, because tellys you can. Smash, yeah, you know, no, it's... agreed. But yeah. but Jesus Christ, the the, yeah. the neck internet and all the rest of it must have took a fucking. Yeah, that yeah. must have every night he must have he must have to sit there and just fucking cry his eyes out yeah. and go right. I'm gonna have to put this. Well, fucking... funnily enough, actually, just mentioned there. I was um, reading. Uh, I was on our Wikipedia earlier reading about um, just sort of brushing up on some because I'm a big nerd when it comes to things like that and her guitar tech not at the moment but recently was uh, was Jeff Streetfield who right was, who was in the Wild Arts yeah, who, yeah. you know who, uh, another one of my basically one of the greatest bands one of the greatest British bands of, of all time most really definitely, most definitely and uh, so it's strange how musicians can go from being in big bands into teching well, uh, it's, back it's, out again you say that but 
there's a lot of you know transferable skills. Absolutely. So understand that. Simp- take away the musicianship. Take away the ability to work with the tech provided for you. Simply understanding what a tour, how a tour bus works, how a day room works, how traveling, uh, uh, you know, w- w- service stations, the traveling, all that type of thing. All that sort of. Understanding that is 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 hard. There's, you have to actually go through that to understand yeah. it, and so naturally a musician is is sometimes makes a, a really good tech. So that, like you say, brings us nicely onto you teching. You you've do, you've done a share of that. Yeah. So um, other, other, so who where did you start with teching? Was the because we talked well, about this one at your birthday. I think we were both quite drunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, <laughs> I can't remember. I've done, done a little bit of driving on a couple of occasions for mm. uh, for the Buzzcocks. Mm. Um, through through a friend, friend of mine who needed somebody at short notice, um, and then kind of about six or seven years ago, by accident, a friend of mine mentioned um, that he was doing some some front of house work for uh, for the Blow Monkeys. So who, I I always I always kind of pepper this with for the people that may not understand some of the verbiage that we use. Front of house. Oh yeah. Is <laughs> is like obviously the house is the, is the building you're in, and the front of the house is the the where you the desk where you in, in the middle of the room. That's referred to as front of house. That's kind of like the front because it's out there outside, uh, or F O F O S is sometimes referred to, and that's largely where all the sound is controlled. You obviously you have monitor guys and stuff like that, but that's largely where it's it's all controlled and where they're like the kind of. I don't know the cockpit, if you will, of, of of everything. Like, and I always kind of try and pepper that. I assume everybody knows these terms and is, and, <laughs> and gets it, but every so often I'll throw stuff in, and people are like what the fuck's he mean? So, um, yeah. So you catch a, a like a, a friend suggested. Yeah. So basically, a friend of mine said um, the guitar tech, uh, or the suppose that the, the yeah, you know, sort of uh, stage stage tech uh, yeah. was leaving the tour. Um, did I fancy doing um, quite a few shows over the summer? Quite a few festivals. Um, at first, I was thinking, you know, this is hard work. This is yeah. uh, these are big shows. Some of the festivals, you know, five thousand people. Yeah. Um, it's a lonely place to be. Sort of things to be going wrong on stage. But yeah, most I eventually took them up on the offer. The first show was a headline show in a festival in air up in uh, uh, up on the coast of Scotland. Yeah. Um, did you? Did, but before you went out and before you started, did you? You know, did you have an understanding of what a tech did? Do you, or did you think you had one and it was I, fucking massively different? I knew what I would like. I knew how as a I guitar would, player, you knew what you. I I with. know that I would love if ever somebody's working with me. Mm. That I know if I turn round with a guitar in my hand and let go of it, somebody's there to catch it. Right, and that's the way I've based it on. You know, that was my logic. That mm. if somebody looks at me, I know to immediately look and go. If they drop the pick. As a lead come out, if they snap the string, they're looking at me for something, but they don't want to be unprofessional yeah. and shout. Yeah, you can that, almost. That's how I would be, and that yeah. was that was my logic on it. That was. Did my you take. do so? This was with the buzzcocks. That was with the blow monkeys. Oh, sorry, blow monkeys. Yeah, yeah. So before you went out, did you do any homework then? You know, um, did you kind of look up? You know, set lists. Did you no, look? No, up? I mean, I spoke to my friend. My friend was driving, um, driving for them. Basically, I was told just to be at a service station in Preston at six a.m., <laughs> which is often the way. Um, yeah. This door opened, and this big, uh, uh, big silver back of a man called uh, Tony Kylie got out and went. Oh, Morgo told me about your bad fucking shirts. Have you got them with you? <laughs> this terrible Welsh accent. 
I love him. And, and that's why I just thought because people Tony people Kiley don't realise that the entire touring industry is not run. The, the the fuel of it is not the petrol. Is not the food. Is not that the entire tour industry. Yeah, just so for those uninitiated, is run on banter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's completely run on banter. Is the ability to take and yeah. give uh, some stick, um, and that's why. Yeah. You know, even the ability to do the job is sometimes less than the ability to be able to a good person to hang out with. So we, so did you, uh, did you take anything with you? Did you yeah, take I mean, the, I usual, the tool bench, soldering iron, usual, yeah, type I of took thing? everything I'd, I'd want myself, uh, strings, um, you know, toolkit, um, soldering iron. Um, all I knew was like literally, I'd done a, I knew that Doctor Robert was the front man. I knew that Doctor Robert was uh, was a great sort of uh, socialist, best friends with Paul Weller. Bit of a psychopath, you know, has been known to sort of fight with journalists and stuff. Yeah. And uh, and was a great songwriter, so I knew that I'd just yeah, go in, try not songs. to be, um, you know, try to suck up to him too much and just go, oh, I'm a big fan, man. Well, I'm that's like... the that's the first trap, isn't it? You can't be a fanboy. You know, no. we, we, they call they call rock star roadies or people that stand backstage taking selfies and stuff. That's not what you're there for, no, you know. Uh, uh... Because you quickly get, you know, because yeah. there was times where, I, you know, I had guitars thrown at me and... Um, when things go wrong and you're not paying attention or you just, you know, sort of... I was always told uh, within, a, within a couple of days of, of, of the shows that, um, you know, no, no drinking on stage because I was just like, yeah, it's like a normal show to me. Once the last chord's hit, you can have a glass of wine. That's what uh, the wonderful Michelle always, always said to me. Yeah. Um, and that was always the way, you know, literally yeah. packing down, I'd have a bottle of wine, but I could not touch a thing, you know, and yeah. it was professional. I had to just basically be at the side of that stage on a seat with my copy of the set list, knowing when an acoustic needs to come out, um, when well, electrics so, needs to be swapped so over. So you were were you just teching for one person? It then? was basically we had. It was for, uh, for the, there was uh, a keyboard player who played saxophones, uh, mm-hmm. bass player, uh, drummer, and it was basically just making sure everyone was all right. Right. Um, you know, if there were bigger shows and we had, um, you know, front of house provided, then there would be you know the mates on stage as well to the yeah. side. And basically, it was just making sure everything ran smoothly. Yeah. And so, what was that? You know, what was that first show like? Um, we were supported by um, um, it was Claire Grogan. Okay. With uh, altered images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who played Kachansky, who wow. was a childhood crush to me. Yeah. So literally, I was like, "Fuck, Christine Kachansky is on stage in front of me." And like, but did you, you like you know did you you know, do you know when you get that like two minutes two minutes day mm. we're on like and you kind of. You know, which... It was basically a case of uh, right. This is the set list. We're just using one at the time. We had uh, what? How long was the set? I think it was just forty five minutes. Or okay, something. but it was a case of um, here's a set list. These are the acoustic songs. Just make sure that when that song finishes, that you're passing me an acoustic. Uh, you know, was there many tone changes? Like it? I got, there was probably maybe Handful. three throughout the set. Okay, um, you know, and it was a case of just in this exactly the same way as I would run it for myself, where it would yeah. be. I'd make sure I knew the set list. I'd make sure I had enough picks to hand. I'd make sure all leads were carefully gaffer taped down. I'd make sure I enjoyed the show. And that's kind of what, you know, if I do decide to get back into teching, that's how I'd run it now. Mm. You know, that, that, that the artists are there to entertain. I'm there to make sure that they do not have to worry about a thing. Yeah. You know, they know that they reach down as a full bottle of water there. They know they reach down as a beer there if you want it. And they know when they walk off stage, they can let go of a guitar, and I'm there to catch you. Yeah. Was Simple it? Was it what you expected? 
was it was it pretty much like you okay i've been on stage before but these were festivals these were larger crowds this was the, the fame elements of people wanting to um, take pictures with them and stuff and wanting a set list at the end you know when they scream at you and you give us a set list and all that type of stuff and um i it's yeah i mean you know you had to up your game sort of professionally hmm. um but it was it's something i've always been more concerned about smaller shows than bigger shows okay um if there's a, if there's five people in a pub, I'll have a shocker of a gig. Right. If there's uh five hundred people in a sold out club, um with you know with with you know one of the current bands, it'll be a blinder because people are enjoying themselves. Mm. I know that everything's gonna run smoothly. I'll I'll have contingency plans for everything that goes wrong. Right. Unlike other band members. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, have you got you you have got a spare acoustic with you? Oh no, this will be fine. Oh no, and then that's yeah, when yeah, my yeah. worries start creeping right. in. Right. But that's uh Did you find yourself as well in those first couple of shows like learning a lot as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like a bit of a sort of crash course. Yeah, you yeah. Like... Um more in sort of um knowing how professionals deal with sort of situations and deal mm. with um I'm always I can never sit still, I'm always on the go. Always on the go, can never sit still and, and that's the same when I'm on stage, but it's all about sort of uh you know, sort of staggering the sort of um, the performance and sort of making sure that it's enjoyable for everyone, and that's sort of one yeah. of the things that I learned from that. And yeah. So, do, when it when it went wrong, and I'm sure there was a couple of moments where it went wrong. What what was it like for you then? Were the were the pretty big mistakes, fairly small stuff? Um, I remember going into an encore and I'd start literally I'd walked off stage with two guitars uh, and then we'd gone back on stage it was in Liverpool actually at the right. O2 um, and walked on, Robert walked on stage snapped a string straight away turned around and I wasn't there with a spare because I'd, I've just, I just thought that's the end of it this will be fine Yeah. yeah. Uh, to turn around to, to seeing him um, yeah. basically smacking his strats against the pillars in the uh, on the stage in the yeah, O2 yeah. which is the which in the downstairs you'll know are sort yeah, of big, yeah, yeah. big steel pillars, um, just to get me attention. Which is just like that'll do it, shit, man. Because yeah. he's a six foot five bloke who, uh, when he's angry, <laughs> <laughs> put it this way, I quickly has another guitar in his hand, and uh, that that guitar was restrung for the next night. But yeah. you know what? You can laugh off these things, and sometimes if people are having sort of. Uh, bad nights then it can just sort of uh, it can it can sometimes it can as long as you know that it's not directly your fault you know it's like okay you know Dave fucked up because of this if it's not one of those like where it's something to do the venue I don't know something shocking happens with the electrics yeah. or they're always the lights or or the, the, the local crew does something mad sometimes yeah. it can be a bonding experience as well yeah you know uh, my mate Sonny from the Joe and stuff he 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 always says uh, no one ever remembers the gig where everything went well. Oh no, not at all. You know, it's like it's always yeah. like oh, you remember that gig we played in Germany, whatever, whatever, and remembers those bad ones. So there's there is an element of bonding that takes place as well yeah. when you have when you because it's like war. You you come off stage and everything you ju- you just got it done. The crowd don't know that some of the things that went on, and you you manage to get out and you get out I, alive. Um, I a few months ago um, was 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 the, we were doing, it was a sold out gig um, in Canuck. Okay. The Midlands, uh, an amazing venue called the Station. In fact, I'm there this Saturday. <laughs> okay. Um, again, um, <laughs> and it was like probably I think it holds about 160 people or something. Yeah. And as we walked on, we had our intro music. It was absolutely banging. The place yeah. was bouncing, 
and me helix decided to just reset itself as the intro <laughs> music ended. So I just my only alternative was just to unplug, go straight, straight to the amp in, and just yeah. turn me the looks up full. And it was just and then hopefully that'll reset during the song before we had to go into a song with tremolo which, which and delays needed and something like yeah. And uh, thankfully got through it, but that was one lonely sort of 30 yeah, seconds yeah, yeah. or so when I could just see lights flashing. Well, that's, that's when time slows down, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck's sake, you know. So, yeah. So, we, we, you know, you get like that whole kind of massive learning experience. So then that was with the, the Blow Monkeys then. So did you find as often as the case you got some work off the back of that as well? Because you'd be out fezzies talking to people and stuff. And... Yeah, I mean, it was often quite a bit, but it was I was always sort of nervous about working with other people. Um why? Why nervous? Just as it, those those sort of shows were tended to be sort of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Okay. Uh, a couple of festivals, you know. So so for sort of three months out of the year, you were out, you know, every Friday. Thir- so you could book a few days off work because sadly you have to work full time. Yeah, well, this is the the, the reality. You know, is the, uh, the, the, there's a job that follows so, you. Sometimes. Um, so as we, you know, it 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 just kind of uh, there was always offers of different things, but. I just kind of stayed with that and, uh, you know, it just started to get a little bit busier and, and so on. And I just, I realised that uh, I love being at home. I'm yeah, at home, you know, well, yeah. I, I wish I'd, one of my biggest regrets is not getting into that sort of side of the industry when I was mm. in my early 20s instead yeah. of early 30s. Yeah. Um, because you'd find yourself, um, you know, on, you know, in another country and you were with... Uh, people who went up for going out for a beer because mm. they were in their mid fifties yeah. and they, you know, thirty years earlier had done all the partying. So I'd be going, all right, okay, yeah, I'll just pop out to this weird little Italian village, try and find a pub open, and yeah. you know, or I'll be, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be in, you know, um, you know, in, uh, you know, in a, some little Cumbrian village, mm. you know, after a gig where the hotel was, and and you were out trying to find a beer, and it was kind of it gets lonely very quickly. Yeah, the road, yeah, um, especially, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I enjoy being at home with me, with with my wife and my dogs and my son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was that, and that was kind of the, the the reason why I stopped doing it. Um, yeah. You know, there's 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 many many parts that I miss about it, um, and that you know, and if I eventually end up doing it again, then I'll 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 love doing it again. But uh, yeah, it's hard work. Yeah, it's all the the one of the things that the myths that I often try and bust about. We're on the podcast is the is the other side of that. Like you know, we talk about the forty five minutes of adulation <laughs> wow. in front of two three thousand people, but that takes the the rest of the day of you know. I uh, to get there. I, I I about five years ago, uh, we were doing a couple of we were headlining a festival in Kings Lynn or somewhere, mm. uh, and then we were I think it was a festival we were doing in in Reading the following night, uh, and I was talking to telling me dad about it, and he went. That sounds fun. I'd like to come along. So I spoke to the manager. She went, yeah, he's got his own room and all that sort wow. of thing. So I took him on the road for two days and we got to we got to this festival in King's Lynn. It was in uh, Town Square. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Very strange. Uh, and they, I mean, lovely town. But uh, free gigs like that are quite strange because yeah. you're not necessarily playing to your own crowd. Well, sometimes they're amazing. I've played yeah. the large festivals where it's free, Polish Woodstock stuff. And oh, that wow. means that the attendance is, is fucking brilliant. Yeah. But I've also played the other side of it where it's free. So fucking anybody's rocking up. Yeah. And and, and they com- they might be completely indifferent to what you're playing. Like. Well, it was uh, the Blows and the, I think Dodgy were on the same night. All right, we, okay. They were on first. And we were... So we'd done all the sound check and everything. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, 
and after you know we went all like I go back to the hotel and you know we had this amazing meal you know catering was just fantastic, which is you know when you're at certain levels just brilliant. Yeah. Um, Normally the barometer of how the good the tour is. Yeah, we've got the catering. We've got the days of like sort of like wanting to buy drugs. It's you know where's the Wi-Fi code and where's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and where's yeah. the menu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and what time's lunch? Yeah, yeah. And, and I just remember my dad turning around before the show and just going, "How boring is this? <laughs> <laughs> going, yeah. What were you expecting? I thought he'd yeah. be rock and roll, and you know, and and after the oh, show yeah. we had a beer, and the next night in Reading he was just like. He went for a walk and he came back and he drank the entire rider dry. <laughs> now, you haven't lived till you've seen your dad drinking. Uh, what are them? Uh, what are them lagers with tequila in? Um, mm. uh, Desperados. 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 He drank everything and he was like, <laughs> "Well, I'm in the back of the fridge." I was like, "You don't mind then, Dad? The Desperados." I come Half back in after the show and there's five empty bottles of Desperados. <laughs> so I was like, "Wow." <laughs> So, mean, that's amazing that he could come out with yeah, you like that age. And, uh, and he really, you know, he enjoyed himself, but he, yeah. he suddenly realised how, you know, you're travelling for five hours and oh, you sat around and, you know, you're sound checking and you've got four hours between the sound check and the gig. And, you know, in that time you can't really have a beer. Because if you have a beer, you need a wig on stage. So there's all those well, you don't want to be You don't want to be the guy that if something goes wrong, someone saw you with a beer. Because you might be stone that's cold sober. absolutely right. Stone cold sober, but someone goes, yeah, I saw them on the pop before. And that's it, you're fucking done. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's as simple yeah, as that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Or, 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 or something gets spilled and then and someone saw you with a beard, then you're the person that caused that. Yeah. And it's and it, I've seen it happen all the time and you don't want to be that guy. So it's like, you don't have all, you know, Rollins talks about it, Rollins Rollins talks about how, you know, you think that when you see people on tour and they're checking in in Italy and checking in in here and checking in or whatever, that they're this world traveller. And it, and he, like he says, rightly so, is that you don't, you're getting a bus to somewhere or a, <laughs> to there, you're going from there to the venue, the venue back to the bus. You're not exploring the delights of Italy. It doesn't fucking work like no, that. No. And so, yeah, it's interesting when you still, when someone comes on, especially if you're taking yeah. your, one of your parents with you on tours. Yeah. It's um, so that was that was that was brilliant. And I remember uh, straight after the gig, um, we had this amazing hotel um, overlooking Redden's football ground. Oh yeah, jet okay. ski, is it? Yeah. And uh, we got back to the hotel about eleven o'clock at night, and I suddenly realised the uh, the the Formula One was on. Like, <laughs> and, uh, at, um, what's the British Formula One? Silverstone. Silverstone. Yeah. And I suddenly thought, shit, we've got to go past that in the morning. So I was like. I- should we just drive home now? So literally straight after yeah. the gig. Now I've done the same thing again a few weeks ago in Scotland. Literally yeah. four hour drive straight back. Yeah. And the first hour was fantastic. <laughs> it's when it gets to two o'clock and you're just like, what are we doing? And you know, you're trying yeah. to entertain each other in the car or whatever. And it's it's stupid, but you know, it was you know you know you just make this decision. Nah, because it's going to be a nightmare to get past Silverstone or. Yeah. I don't want to spend 70 quid in a hotel, let's drive back. You know, Everything cause... becomes like a, 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 an exercise in comfort and cost, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like, I, 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 it's like when you go over on the ferry or something and you go over the channel, you're like, I'm not buying anything from the fucking... The ca- <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's all these things you kind of... And then you're like, everything becomes like comfortable. It's like, do you know what? It's the last day of the tour. I can, yeah, okay, it's a six hour drive, but it means I'm here in bed. You That's know, exactly right. These, these yeah, things yeah, come into up play. In bed. If yeah. at four o'clock, I can wake up in my own bed. And those things just get expanded when it becomes over over yeah. the whole world. Is that I just I'll be back in the UK. If I, if I leave now, I can get the flight back now, and it yeah. all becomes a back. You you just yo yoing back to whatever you yeah, call yeah. home, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is extraordinary when you think about it. It's extraordinary, but it's 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 kind of what's necessary to get the job done. And it's a very select few people that can make that work for them yeah, and I think yeah. it's interesting what you say about I wish I did it when I was younger 
because I know a lot of the people who did that and are now older and, and kind of regret some of that as well. You know, they were like, I never settled down, didn't have children or whatever yeah. it may be. And, and it's a difficult thing as well for them. It's like, there's no easy way to do it, you know, especially if you've done it all your life. And, and I find that a lot of the people that I know that, that are touring are like for the life, their missus is also out with them. Yes. You know, yeah, it's, the, yeah, yeah. it's the wardrobe assistant or the yeah. son's now doing a drum tech yeah. for them and their TM and or whatever it may be. And it becomes this like family operation, but it's interesting. You know, it's, I don't know if it, like I say, a lot of times on the podcast, I don't know how much I'd recommend it, but I certainly recommend that someone tries it. Yeah. I mean, you it's know? a great job. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you like sort of traveling and you, you know, and you've done all the sort of the American stuff and everything, you know, and all the weird stuff. Yeah. I've certainly seen the, the, the sides of the map, if you know what I mean. I've certainly seen like the big, yeah. big stuff and a very small stuff. Yeah. But I think you know what's interesting to me is what happens afterwards when you come home from as a guitar player for yourself. Once you've seen all this, did you did you kind of did you leave the guitar alone or did it make you fall in love? I find it kind of sits. Well, my, my one it was interesting other. because um, I was always asked sort of advice on on things to buy, and I was always sort of sourcing things. I still for, do. For I still ask you, you know, yeah. For, yeah, for you know, for different artists, and people will always ask me advice. So I'm always sort of uh, well uh, until now obsessed with the Helix, but you know, before yeah. that, I was you know, I'd, I'd have no problem with stupid distortion pedals and yeah, and things, and I would always sort of uh, you know, people would ask me advice, and I'd always recommend things, and when I was working with Doctor Robert and so on. Um, you know all the guitars that he was using. It was always sort of, you know, usually you know on suggestions and sort of recommendations yeah, yeah. and so on. Not necessarily boutique, but certainly you know, know we, slightly rarer side we, of things. Yeah, it was just uh, you know, it, it was a couple. You know, I need a false pedal. What do you recommend? And we'll try this of mine. It's yeah. fantastic. Right, I'll source you one. And you yeah. know, and that is that kind of thing. And you know, because uh, that that was my interest, and it still is. You know, mm. and so so. You know, and even now, I'll still get messages. You know, from him saying, "I need something for this. What you what you suggest? Yeah, what, so, what's the best latest tune?" It's, still, it's nice there. to be sort of, uh, you know, to be sort of respected for opinions. You yeah. Know, and, well, you've always had, you know, for me, certainly every time I've ever seen you play from pubs, clubs to whatever it may be, always had it. It's just a really good tone, just a really yeah. good sound. The magic ears, you know, it's like, what's what's Dave playing at the moment? It's always interested to see, it's you know. It's just normally an, an AC30 crack. I've, met, the, I've yeah. met people um, who, who, mutual friends who play guitar and stuff, who now I share opinions with as well. Like, yeah. you know, it's wonderful how that happens. Like, you know, especially if you find a group of people who like, can critique stuff accurately and go, okay, yeah, no, well, I wouldn't use that, let's use this and that's everything. Yeah. I think that's one of the fascinating things about guitar players, that on the whole, for the most part, that there's a lovely exchange of a certain sort of quest for tone that we have, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, and there's also sort of, uh, I'm always baffled when there's sort of, you know, superstars or whatever who aren't interested in gear, you know. Yeah. I love it when, you know, people like Brad Paisley or... You know, people who were just sort of who were who obsess over vintage gear and stuff as well, and then you have ones who are just like kind of give me anything. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. Kind of. Uh... Well, everybody loves that guitarist that can pick up a guitar and sound like him. Yes. You know, irrespective of of yeah. the, whatever the instrument or whatever can sound like like him, it's it's incredibly impressive. And like I was going back to, you know, we're probably losing that, or, or are we losing that? I mean, I say that today. I was listening to I'm championing a, a girl that I'm listening to at the moment called Yvette Young. 
um, superb guitar player, young girl, uh, fantastic sa- sound and style, and really uh, you know esoteric playing and right, yeah. outside the box stuff, and it's really interesting and involving. You know, guys like I talk about Pelini a lot as well. As I think he's Australian guitar player. Once again, really got his own sound and his own shit together. I think we just have to kind of you have to seek these people out a little bit more. You have yeah. to just oh, put absolutely. the time in to find yeah, these yeah. good people, like you know. Yeah. So now for you, is it? You know, is is touring totally off the table, or is it? Well, I, I, as you know, because I've, uh, I've got people who listen to this who'll will be after text stuff like yeah, that. I'd, I mean, I'd I, always recommend you if that was something that you would like to. Do you think you'd you'd go back to it again? Yeah, I think I think so. I enjoy. Yeah. I, you know, I always Short enjoy runs, doing like, it. Say, two Absolutely, weeks. that's the key. Yeah. Um, I mean, the main thing for me at the moment is I've got um a couple of different bands, but the Noel Gallagher tribute band, and that does yeah. quite well. So what? So that interests me a lot because. That's I've seen I've seen you with that and I can, I can totally understand why. If I was if I was Noel Gallagher himself, I would you would seem very attractive to me and I mean that and I mean that in exactly the way you think it is and also in the physical way because what you can't see here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is Dave. If, if Dave strutted out now with Noel Gallagher out on current tour playing guitar with his with his three three five, you would be like he would fit in yeah. like a jigsaw piece. Well, I mean, I was a big Oasis fan, big, um, you know, and, and Gem Archer, who plays guitar with uh, with Liam, uh, with, with Noel, but was also in Oasis. Yes. Um, <clears throat> he was in Heavy Stereo, we were a great 90s band before, so he was always a great great inspiration to me. Mm. Um, and also a guy called Tim Smith, who also played in Noel's yes. band, who yeah. was was, uh, was in Sheryl Crow's band and so on. They were always great inspirational guitarists to me. So when an opportunity came up to join a tribute band, the the, the thing with a tribute band is you can't bluff it. Mm. People are paying 10 quid to see you. Well, they're paying, they want to see <clears throat> the All best the pain, You go and see of, a Queen tribute, they're paying 30 quid to see you or, yeah. you know, if not Christ, more. Can you imagine being, trying to be a, a, a Queen so, tribute band feels like the next level up as well. Because if you're level. not, if you're not sounding right and if you're not getting everything 99% right, yeah, Fans know it. Yeah, they'll pull you up on that. Oasis fans are diehard fans who, mm. if you're not playing that part right on certain songs, they will tell you. Yeah. So, my first rehearsal was kind of. So, and yeah, I was going to say, where where do you where do you even start with that then? Uh, a friend of mine messaged me and just said, "I reckon this is a gig for you." And I it totally is. By the way, it's yeah. When when you put up that you join, I think I was like, that yeah. makes it was either that or a Johnny Marr. Uh, I, it would have been Not that for me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I totally see why he's going to do yeah. that. That makes complete sense. But so we someone contacts you. I think this gig's a friend for you. of mine just messaged me and then I on the about it. Went had one yeah. rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't know that many solo songs by Noel to be honest. Um, yeah. I knew a, a couple of the hits, but I liked yeah. the Oasis songs that were in the set. So <clears throat> we rehearsed and I loved it. And because uh, that's a, I had a look at the set one of the set lists for it. It's it's not a small set. We do two and a half hour set. It's without fucking a break. Yeah, yeah, it's it's proper on it, and it's a pretty good sort of cut of the entire his entire back catalogue. We do songs from every Oasis album and every Noel album. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, someone might correct that. I don't know, but I, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that. Um, and it's just so. Who did you? That's going to be the next, probably the most interesting question to to come from it is the what did you base what you looked and played on. Did you just? Did you think this is because you look like I say you look like you should play in his band? I think it's always do, dressing well. I've my philosophy's hmm. always been, um, you've always got to look like you're not in the crowd. 
So, like Lemmy says, you know, if you're going to be a rock star, be a fucking rock yeah, star. So you, you know, look just at you know, like really, really cool, you know, you know, mods like you know Weller or Steve Craddock. Yeah. You know, or um, you know, just just people who, you know, who don't, yeah, who look like like stars. Mm. It's all. It was always the thing of sort of you know a nice shirt, nice nice pair of jeans, nice pair of shoes, nice hat or whatever, yeah, and, yeah. and just or good haircuts. Yes. And just. Look cool as fuck. Yeah. Don't jump around. Yeah, that's the crowd there to that enjoy one. themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowd are the ones that jump around. You just enter, you just make the racket for them to do that too. If you're jumping around, you're in the wrong band. Was it is it dual guitars as well? Uh, are you kind of playing lead or? <clears throat> yeah, it's a li- okay. It's probably about uh, mix of it. Yeah, because yeah. that's what that's what he does as well. Probably seventy thirty. Uh, keyboard players. We've got samplers. Um, yeah. So a lot of it, but yeah, most of the sort of the nice little fills over the top is me. Matt covers all the vocals very well. Yeah. Plays guitar, uh, plays acoustic. And he does an acoustic version of it as well that he's out and about doing that all the time. I've seen that, yeah. With, you know, I, you know, with a, I mean, Noel's mentioned us twice, so Noel knows we exist. Yeah. Um, And it's just, uh, you know, I, I, I joke and say we're, you know, Europe's number one Noel tribute band, which which we are, but I think we're the only one, you know. Yeah. But we, we travel around the UK, you know, we're in London next month, the, uh, in Camden. Yeah. Um, we're up in Scotland last month, I think. So how long have you, how long have you been then uh, an active member then? I think that's, yeah. Um, maybe about 18 months now. Okay. And they've been going for about three years. Are you still um, hired gunning it? Or do you find yourself going, why don't we do, I don't know, little by little or something, or something can maybe well, slightly... Little by little favourite man, anyway. Yeah, that's you almost know. a fucking Well, monster. that's why I suggest. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, surely um, a guitar player you'd like... No, a, it's like always... A, uh, is it fairly uh, uh, diplomatic? If right Noel sang it, basically, if if Noel's doing it his, in his set, yeah. and we can do it, yeah. so if there's female vocals, you know, we can't really do that. Yeah. But if it's in his set... Um, we do it. If he brings in an old Oasis song that he sang, we do it. Right. Which is wonderful. And if he brings out, and you know, so wherever possible, we do his live set. Okay. Plus Oasis songs sense. that he sang that he's never done live. Because fans want to hear it. Fans yeah. want to hear Step Out. Fans want to hear. Uh, See, I, I've I've often I've often said this with with tribute to acts and 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 that type of thing is that I've always found it difficult. Um, and I, I'll explain myself here. I've always found it difficult. If the band is still alive or available, that they shouldn't exist a cover band. But, and this is the caveat to play devil's advocate, if that person is not always accessible, then I think it's fine that that should happen. So, you know, no Gallagher now is touring schedules, mainly playing arenas for the most part. I don't know in this country how many shows is he playing? Not that so many. Not that many. He's with the Smashing Pumpkins in America at yeah. the moment. Um, so you, you, so that for me that that's fair. Yeah. You know that that I think that's a fair thing. You could well, see you know, see someone you wouldn't you wouldn't normally see. Um, when he when he tours, you know it's uh, you know he does arenas. You know Liam's overtaken him in popularity. Yeah, I think, isn't he which, just like just him? Wonderful. We make Drew is out with that's, with with Drew's the, fantastic with, with guy. Liam. You know, he's yeah, from yeah. the uh, from Elvis. If you can remember all the way back then, like yeah, and he's playing bass with them as well. So it's like yeah, like that isn't that a weird thing as well that we're sitting here now. That if you well, maybe... Mike Moore, I went to college with Mike Moore's guitarist, yeah. Liam's guitarist. Say like uh, like Birkenhead. Say, <coughs> say like you know, fifteen years ago, I said uh, I said to you. That uh, Liam was the one who's going to come out with the be- bigger album. You'd be like, "Fuck off!" You it's know, not so much the bigger album. It's just it's, he's, he's it just... seems to be cut, caught fire a bit more. If you but know. he just seems to be 
a much more accessible guy, a much more sort of friendlier, a much just doing it for the fans. Is he, is, he, is he one of the last few rock stars? He's just the ultimate rock star, I think. Yeah. I think of our generation. Certainly of our generation. He's... Yeah. Uh, you know, he didn't do himself many favours when he was younger, but now he's just... He's but that's now become legend. Yeah, yeah. That's like you the know, stupid stuff. I don't even think he drinks anymore, you know. But well, he's, got lad, he's got two lads, hasn't he? He's got, like, grown-up lads Yeah, he played on his new lads. Yeah, it's probably, you know, the, you know if, not the tw- if they're not 20, they're very close to Yeah, them, and, and you think, you know, and he's still able to do it. Like, he still sounds like, you know, he, he, he does exactly what he wants to do. Yeah, you know, and I think yeah. that's probably, you know... One of the key and secrets not many to being... like that, you know, no, you know, not at all. You look at his peers, who I suppose who are his peers, you know, Richard Ashcroft. To a certain degree, was, but then kind of. I mean, I love the Verve, but his, his solo stuff leaves me cold. But that's probably yeah. because Nick McCabe was the Verve to me, and very you know, much so, yeah, very you know, much so. Um, yeah. But it never kind of like it never seemed to move forward in the way the Oasis did, where it was like, okay, there was this section of the career now. There's, Richard Ashcroft stayed in that kind of yeah malaise, unfortunately, and it was a shame. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think of those other. Sort of bands that kind of, I mean, I suppose Ocean Coliseum to a certain degree, ish. Yeah, it was still going. I mean, and, and to be honest, the, the the band who probably had the last laugh of that whole generation, the whole Britpop thing, was Shed Seven. That they were kind of yeah. They're now uh, literally they do a Christmas tour every year and it sells out within hours, kind of mm. thing. And they tour, you know, they do Australia and everything. And mm. they were a bit of a joke back then. You know, the the singles were always I, a great band to me, but yeah. they were never really taken seriously mm. musically. And now they are probably the, you know, the... It was like Spaceware as well. Spaceware. Because I saw them recently. I saw them in the summer, yeah. Yeah, with the, with a few friends playing and Tekken Forum and stuff. And I th- yeah, I Phil think, plays bass. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, Phil, if you're listening, I know we need to get on the show. I know. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Because he's playing everything and he's, he's just a great player. But, um, yeah, and, and I remember, and it was just hit after hit. I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Christ, they've got a whole selection yeah. of hits. And they were kind of at the last... Yeah, cast of the same. They cast, yeah, yeah. yeah. cast, and they just, like, literally, you know, you've got, um, you know, Skin, who plays guitar with, with uh, you know, Robert Plant. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you know, he's the band leader for Robert Plant, and, and yet he then goes back to doing his sort mm. of... Uh, but it's just wonderful rock and roll, you know, just... They don't make them like that anymore. Yeah. I, that's what I do wonder where they... It, I don't really see an awful lot of them coming through now. Um, I think that the system of that of that happening is now sort of... You don't have a a kind of... Uh, what's the what's the best way to explain it? You don't have that kind of tour of duty now. So if you're, if you're particularly good, you'll put a YouTube video out of you playing a particular song. Eventually, the way the world works is... And you'll be you'll be taken up by someone, and then you know it's all about followers and hits and that type of thing. So you don't have that actual craftsmanship where you have to play the shit venues and and that type of thing. And yeah. I don't necessarily think it kills the creative process of someone becoming that, but it certainly harms the fact that you know they've got to do their growing up and they're learning in a very public forum. And for the most part, it breaks. Them. You know, it just yeah, you know, yeah. it destroys that 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 personality, yeah. like. And rather than encouraging it, but it's you know what we still watch the Brits and we still watch these things for that moment of rock stardom when someone fucking does something. You know we still yeah. we still kind of wait for that like, and I think that yeah definitely the last hurrah for for that type of scene. It's a shame, it especially when you see like when people go remember nineteen ninety four and you're like fucking hell yeah that was like yeah. ten years ago. Ten years, no, it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? There's still you know. There's, there's still rock stars out there that's not playing guitar. You know, that's... Wow. You know, that's, wow. The, that's the, you know... You yeah, know, you've got people making a great racket 
um, you know, in hip hop and stuff. And mm. you know, it's not it's not my thing, but I appreciate. Yeah. You know, I appreciate where it's coming from. Yeah. I appreciate the the the, the stance it's taken and, yeah, the, yeah. and 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 the outlook it takes, and I think that's. All that, all it ever is just is the attitude behind it, you know. Yeah. It's, I think that's that's first and foremost the most most important thing. Like you know, and certainly as like an old guy like me now saying it, it's always refreshing when you see uh, someone come out and they're, they're a little bit like kind of acerbic and a little kind of like tough to deal with and stuff. I like that. I, I like that. You know, we're, we're long gone the days of televisions out the windows. I feel, but um, you ever seen it happen though? I have. I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've seen someone try to do a television that was still attached as well. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it's yeah. just like it was a noise more than anything. It's yeah, but, but then I I'm, I used to be I used to TM, so I'm like I'm almost kind of like I've got an aversion to it now because I'm that guy that's God. smash cut to the guy sitting at the reception going so how much is it? Well, it's two hundred and ninety pounds. Yeah, yeah. And you're like okay, fucking hell, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, I love that side of it though. I think I think that's wonderful. So. Now that's that that is that kind of your your main project then the the thing I've, with no I've got a Britpop band um, oh, okay. called the C nineties. Uh, I've never. Is, why have I do I not know about this? We haven't. We we we've got literally our first gig next week. Um, and where's that? Uh, it's it's in Liverpool. Um, oh we're shit! Doing, yeah, we're doing it uh, in December. We're locals here in the uh, in the Maybrook. Have to come and see that. Like yeah, oh, it's dead good, man. It's uh, we're doing the Maybrook in Bromborough in December. Um, and there's a few things coming in, and just basically. Yeah. That's a really enjoyable experience, you know, really enjoyable thing to do. We're doing uh, some great pulp songs with big keyboards yes. and, and uh, you know, and, you know, and Shed 7 and Ocean Colour Scene and all that kind of thing. So that's, I'm trying not to, I, I sang for many years and I've sort of, the past two or three years, I've stopped singing I've mm. con- to concentrate on my art, you know, <laughs> as stupid as that sounds. But yeah, yeah. I realised that, you know, you can only, you know, unless you just want to be like Billy Joe, you know, you can't. Yeah, if you want to play properly, you can't sing and and be an intricate player. Yeah, you know, and, and do do it justice. So that's kind of the angle I've taken. Mm. Um, so that's that's really good fun. Yeah. Um, and then I've meet sort of duo thing at the tap at Eastern yeah. Ferry every every Sunday, which James is just all, always when, when he's when he's not doing you know the things he needs to do to keep the, to keep the lights on. He, he's just playing everywhere. Yeah. You know, I don't act anymore. I haven't done. I used to do quite a bit of acting. Yeah. Um, couple of films and all that but do you know what it's you just do this fun stuff because normally it's a case of i suggest it to my wife and then i go it's a silly idea and she goes yeah but you want to do it so she kind yeah. of flips it on me and i just do it and that's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. that's the fun of it and that's how i end up sort of in all these stupid situations i mean in stupid bands having fun <laughs> yeah you're saying yes you know, to a lot of things because do i want to be sat in on a saturday night no i don't yeah, want to be sat in on a saturday night i want to be i want to be out making a racket and if one person you know, um, enjoys what I'm doing. Beautiful. I'll go home and I, you know, and I enjoy having a glass of wine when I get home. And that's the kind of uh, that's the key. You know, it's uh, and I still sit on the couch playing guitar after the gigs, sort of, and I enjoy playing guitar. And when I stop enjoying playing guitar, who knows? Never gonna happen. You know what? You're right. Never gonna happen. You know, now I'm going down more of a technical, uh, you know, technology route of mm. of uh, digital amps and digital stuff and. and mm. Does it is it as good? It's pretty close. Yeah. Is it lighter? It's a quarter lighter. You know, it's a quarter it of the weight. So yeah. So when I don't have to get other people to help me carry my gear around, kind of take to, it on a flight. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, nothing looks cooler on stage than an AC thirty, but your back doesn't appreciate carrying around a forty oh kilo amp. Yeah. 
That's it. Well, listen, I'll wrap it up now. We've done probably over an hour or so. Yeah, a good over an hour. What a great place to leave it. I'm going to have to check out. I've never heard of the CNS. I'm going to love uh, that. Like. Yeah, well, you know, we've I've shared a couple of uh, random videos, but uh, there's nothing nothing genuine out there yet. Yeah. Because all we've done is just uh, a good few rehearsals, but, we, you know, we've got two hours of great tunes now. Hmm. And uh, realised that there's there's no one really doing you know, it's our generation, the nineties is that you know yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's now, you know, in their forties who were sort of who were loving that music. So mm. try and steer clear of the uh, the obvious sort of oasis songs and the obvious Yeah, yeah. You know, obvious. There's, there's songs a rich and, thing to call from from there, uh, like yeah, it's massive. Yeah, it's getting to song. play Charmless Man by Pulp uh, by, <laughs> by Blair, you know, it's just like life doesn't get much better than, <laughs> than any playing any Graham Coxon songs, you know, because he's just genuinely one of the best guitarists. Yeah, great songwriter. Uh, you know, and 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 when you watch his, you know, interviews with him, he just doesn't have a clue about gear. He just goes, "Well, I, just, I think I don't know so much." You know, I just sort of. Uh... I don't know so much. <laughs> I, 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 I love that. Like, but I'm pretty fucking sure he knows how that rat works inside and out. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure. Pretty fucking sure. It's, uh, um, yeah, but yeah, he's you know he's another another absolute idol. But there's you know, there's only sort of. There's gonna be that ones for the next generation of you mm. know that are gonna be coming and going and mm. and. We're far, we're, we're rock and roll ain't dead. We're far from it's far from dying. Far more than alive, more than alive. And it feels like we're it feels like we're at that just at that point pre sort of that next explosion yeah. where some kid with a guitar does something else yeah. and everybody goes oh shit. I just hope it's Sam Fender. <laughs> there you go. I'll try and get Sam on the show. That'd be amazing. Oh, Let's get him on the show. Wait, I bet he's giving it all that. <laughs> I love it. Well, what a pleasure. What a nice sort of come. We never talk each other, with each other enough. Like, we always kind of see each other in passing and stuff. No. So it's nice to finally sit down. With Hopefully the... this isn't the last time we... No, uh, no, we we'll not be. No, no, with, with the wonderful David Evans. Yeah, thank there you. you go. Thanks for listening. Sitting down with David Evans there, or Dave Evans, or whatever was I know him, and just really, really interesting. I thought the things he was saying about kind of the balance of work life and touring was, was interesting about kind of being in a very prominent and high level cover band and then the stuff he's talking about being on the road you know there's a lot of stuff I, I, I'd kind of seen he, he opened up a little bit of that as well to me and about guitar playing in general he just offers a different slant to it like the, rather than the metal sort of route that I tend to go he talked about you know people that he found inspirational as well it was good to just i came away with like four or five names of people i should check out as you probably did as well and that's fantastic whenever that happens um so thanks very much for for listening uh as always please you know uh link link and subscribe uh, and all that type of stuff i get lost in the verbiage sometimes of how you meant to do you meant to subscribe link click like share all that other stuff the point being is talk to people about this particular podcast if you do do you enjoy it and pass it on to people and that'll be you know that that's the best thing you can do to kind of keep anything going go to shows go to live music shows talk about them as well just communicate about how good and what good music is is out there speaking of which i am now officially the mouth of metal to the masses merseyside i'll be doing a whole special about that as well and it's really grateful to be asked to come back and do that something i hugely enjoyed so keep an eye on here as well i also have a and I'm not I'm not one of those people who likes to go, oh, we're doing an announcement about our announcement at 7 o'clock and all that bollocks. I like to just tell you, but there's something I've got coming up which I can't really say anything about quite yet, which is very unlike me, but it is really, really, really strong and really, really something that I'm looking forward to and been asked to do, which is fantastic. Don't want to appear mischievous, so I'll keep it, leave it at that. Uh, once again, though, guys and girls, thanks very much for listening to the show. Uh, I'll see you out there.